This is day two together of our look at 2 Corinthians 10. Yesterday we began to look at how you and I face some of those strongholds in our lives and find victory in Christ. The weapons we fight with are meekness and gentleness and this divine power to demolish strongholds. And we began to talk about how you do that, how strongholds get demolished. But we didn't look at verse five yet. Verse five is where Paul gets very practical about this and he lays it out for us. How do you demolish those strongholds, those places of a continuing sin, of a continuing jealousy, a continuing attitude, a continuing pride, a continuing unforgiveness in your life? How do you break that down? Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This verse, verse five, tells us that demolishing strongholds is something that happens in your thoughts. The Bible tells us very clearly that you are responsible for your thoughts. Now, you're not responsible for all the thoughts that are around you. In in some ways, our minds are like a radio. We are being bombarded by different frequencies all the time. Selfish frequencies, kind frequencies, lustful, loving, joyful, depressed. All our lives, all these thoughts are flowing all around us, and they're even flowing in our minds all of the time. Some of them are temptations, some of them are invitations to do something good. You are not responsible for all the noise. You're not responsible for every tempting thought that you have. But we are responsible for what we choose to tune into. Becoming a believer in Christ, here is the awesome thing about becoming a believer in Christ. It gives you the power to change the station. It gives you the power to tune into something different. And Paul here says, when you tune into something different, you can begin to demolish those strongholds. And he's very, very clear about how this happens. He says, here's what we demolish. We demolish arguments and we demolish pretensions. The word arguments here in the Greek has the idea of false reasoning. Sometimes we falsely reason ourselves into a sin. We falsely reason ourselves into a selfishness. Well, they got that, so I should get that. And our mind keeps going down this same pattern of false reasoning. The truth of God's word has the power to demolish that. It demolishes false reasoning, and it also demolishes pretensions. Now, this word, pretensions, it's the word in Greek, hupsoma, and it really has the idea of height, something that is high that's built high. And the idea here is something that's high-sounding. Well, that sounds like a good idea. That makes me feel better about myself, but actually it's a high barrier that needs to be brought down. Now, the worst of these in the world today is this high-sounding thought that you can do anything you want. You're God, actually. Many people go after that because it makes them, at the beginning, feel powerful in themselves. But the end of that is building a barrier between them and God that has to be brought down. Paul says we have the power to do that. We have the power to demolish strongholds, and then he says we also have the power to capture something. These have to go together. Demolishing goes along with capturing. Once it's demolished, the wall is demolished, then you have to capture the city. We have the power to capture every thought to make it obedient. You may have played that game when you were a kid, capture the flag, where the whole goal is for one team to capture the flag of another. And great energy goes in to getting to that flag, capturing it, and taking it back across your line. Well, this is not a game. This is capturing our thoughts for obedience. This is capturing our thoughts for a changed life. I really appreciated what somebody on our research team said about this, capturing every thought to make it obedient to Christ. They said, I am totally intimidated by the phrase, we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I don't know if I can ever come close to that. 
as my mind wanders and meanders all day long. I love that honest statement because so many of us face that. How do we capture every thought when our thoughts just seem to be firing in so many different directions? How do you take thoughts captive for obedience? How do you make it more than a game? How do you make it more than just some high-sounding thing that you're never going to reach? Let me just walk through some things that you can do today to capture your thoughts, to make them obedient to Christ. Four specific things. Number one, you ask God to cleanse your mind of sin. One of the ways you capture your thoughts for obedience to Christ is say, Lord, cleanse my mind of sin. Forgive me for all the sin that I know and show me things that I'm not seeing right now. You cannot take, let me just say this to you, you cannot take away the memories of a sin that you committed, but you can ask God to cleanse you of that sin, cleanse you in his presence. The facts are, the minute you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you, you became a believer, he cleansed you of all sin in your life, past, present, and future. But as a believer, you need to continually go back to him and remind yourself of that cleansing. Lord, I remind myself that you cleanse me of sin because of the cross. Now, I know as I talk to people about this, they have a couple of concerns, just honest concerns of living a, a pure life, cleansed of sin. There are some who think, well, I'm, I'm sort of concerned that that's going to make me like this really namby-pamby kind of a person, and people are going to look down on me because of this. It's this concern about not knowing what's going on in the world, this concern of I'm hiding my head in the sand. Well, let me just say, concerning about hiding your head in the sand is not an excuse to stick your head in the mud. I was gonna to say toilet, which might be more appropriate, but let me just say mud. The truth of the matter is, you're not gonna know more about this world by involving yourself in the sin of this world. That is the kind of false reasoning that we have to demolish. That's Satan's thinking. The only way to really know more about this world is to know better the God who made this world, to understand him better. So you don't have to be concerned about that. A greater concern that I think a lot of people have is I'm going to go to God. I'm going to say, will you cleanse me of this sin? But what if I sin again? Well, first of all, it's not if. You're a human being. We do struggle with sin, every one of us. But the idea that I'm not going to go to him for cleansing because I might sin again, that's like saying I can't take a shower because I might get dirty again. If you sin again, then you go to him and you remind yourself of his cleansing again. But the longer you wait, the more you stink and the further you feel from him. In a spiritual kind of way, you feel separate from him. So you go to him for cleansing. That's one of the keys to taking every thought captive. First thing you do, ask God to cleanse your mind of sin. Second thing you do is you meditate upon the truths of the Bible. You just think about God's truth. Now, the word meditation, it's like, it's like a cow chewing its cud. It, it chews it, and it gets the most nutrition possible that it can out of it. It swallows it, then it re regurgitates it. Sorry if you're eating lunch right now or dinner or whatever. And then it chews it again to get even more nutrition out of it. Meditation is getting the most you can out of God's word. Sometimes, many times in today's world, we confuse this word. Meditation is not losing your mind to the universe. Meditation is focusing your mind on the truth of God. That's biblical meditation. It's like a camera that focuses the lens just right so you can see things clearly. That's meditating on the truths in the Bible. So you meditate on God's truth. You ask God to cleanse your mind of sin. The third thing you do is you value God. You value God. You think about the value of who God is. Now, how do you value something? You value something when you're willing to give it what's valuable to you. 
I can't say I value God unless I'm giving to him what's valuable to me, my time, my money, my talents. I give back to him what's valuable to me. And when I'm afraid to do that and I make the choice to do that, that's one of the ways in your life that you're focusing your mind on God, that you're taking every thought captive to make it obedient. It's thinking about the value of God in your life and valuing him back by giving to him. And then a fourth thing you do is you praise God. You praise God for what he's doing in this world. The Bible says, if anything is praiseworthy, let your mind dwell on this. Now, there's many ways to do this, but let me just remind you of one today. One way to praise God for what he's doing in this world is to look for what's best in people, in God's people, to look for what's admirable in God's people. I mean, who made people? God made people. To love God, it says all throughout the scriptures, to love God, especially the New Testament, you have to love people. To love God with your thoughts, to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ, to love God, you have to love people. Let me just tell you, and I know this from personal experience, it is easy to see the faults in others. But loving God involves looking for what's best in others. Now, you don't have to lie about the fact that they have faults. We all have faults. It's easy to see the faults. That's the easiest thing in the world to do. You just balance that out by looking for something good in that person. They haven't yet come to faith in Christ, looking for what could happen in their life if they came to faith in Christ, looking at the talents and abilities that they do have that God could use. If they've come to faith in Christ, looking at what God is doing in their life, how they're growing, how they're changing. You look for what's good in others. So right now, as we close today, as we close in prayer, let's just do these four things in prayer together. Just in a prayerful heart toward God, say, God, cleanse me of sin. And Lord, help me to focus on your truth, the truth of your word. Just bring your word to my mind today as I walk through the day, or let me open up your word and see it today. Father, I want you to know how much I value you, who you are, your character, your goodness, your grace, your power. So help me to give back to you today in the way that I use my time, the way that I use my money, the way that I use my talents. Help me to give back to you, to see myself as doing that, to see my life as a stewardship before you. And Lord, help me to live with an attitude of praise. Every time I see what's wrong in somebody's life, help me to also look for what's good in their life and to pray for them in that moment. Jesus, it seems like an impossible goal to take every thought captive for obedience to you. But Lord, I'm willing to work on it because I know you're willing to work in me. So just one thought at a time today, help me to take those thoughts captive because I know you love me. And I know in your love for me, you can change me. So I pray, I pray that this would be the start of an exciting new journey in my life today. In your name, I pray these things. Amen. Tomorrow, we're gonna to talk together about how to look past the surface of things. <laughs> <laughs>